0: Good afternoon, my lovely listeners and all of our friends. Uh, I am broadcasting remotely from Tucson, Arizona. You are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, and I am your hostess, Karen Fisher. I am a loan officer with Summit Funding, but I have all kinds of friends, family, and coworkers that show up, and we have a great time and hope to make a big positive difference in your life. I have my very amazing long-term friend and very special guest with me today, uh, Christy Lee. Hi, Christy. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me on your show. We are super excited and uh, this is just going to be so much fun. It is always weird to uh, a little bit different to not be in this physical studio together, but the gift of technology is we're able to continue. We're gonna touch bases on that in a little bit. But Christy, her role is she is the member service, uh, the exact title is member services director, is that correct? Yes, correct. Of the Tucson Metro Chamber, which actually it's one of, isn't Tucson Metro Chamber one of the oldest chambers in the nation? I
1: believe so. I know this year we're celebrating 125 years.
0: Think about that. That is just crazy. 125. We weren't even a state. You and I weren't even born yet. We were not. We were definitely not born yet. So. <laughs> um, but well, I, I want to give a little bit of a, a little bit of background about Christy, and then we're going to talk about some things that are going to help you improve your life and improve your business, and to really have some fun. So first and foremost. Um, Christy, although newer at the Chamber, she is certainly not new to business. She's held several roles in the banking world. She's worked from a teller all the way up to being one of the top commercial lenders of all of metropolitan Tucson and actually Arizona, if you will. Um, She is a native Tucsonan. There's not too many of us around. Well, I'm a native Arizonan. I was born in Phoenix. And um, one of the things that she is absolutely, there's a lot of things she's passionate about, but about helping people grow their business and doing business the right way is a definite passion of Christie's. I know she understands numbers inside out, upside down and backwards. It's something that she can really help. So I would encourage you because a lot of times entrepreneurs will start a business and they don't quite understand that balance sheet and the profit and loss. And, you know, they- they they don't and sometimes you just don't get that profit is a good thing <laughs> you know that that is okay and you've worked in a number of different you've worked in the title um, industry as an escrow officer and you have gone from small banks to very large banks to community banks. You also do a lot of nonprofit work in our community, which I'm so grateful for. One being the Good Scout Awards, and also the Spina Bifida Association of Southern Arizona. And we'll touch on why those two organizations in a little bit. Um, and you've helped um, you've helped startups. You've helped some businesses. And for our business listeners, if you're struggling right now, and there are some people that it seems. I, and I don't know if you agree with this Christy, but my observation since the pandemic hit, you're either one of two ways you're either your business is exploding and that creates a set of problems or you are struggling and that creates a set of problems as well. However, there's solutions for whatever end of the spectrum that you're in. And then I mean you you know, I mean literally the gamut from entry level to being a vice president, all of the fun things that are there. So so let's, let's just start uh, talking about. So tell me about why the chamber after your uh, very, very long career as a commercial lender,
1: I would have to say that as a commercial lender, my true passion was really about the relationships and the connections. And to your point The abilities to help businesses grow and find their own solutions being that resource to them when they didn't know or didn't understand. And I will say this, as a business owner, you don't have to know all the answers. What you do have to get good at is relationships and connections. You should have a good CPA on your team. You should have a good business attorney. You should have a good banker. You should have somebody in your wheelhouse that you can go to to get the answers that you need. You shouldn't be the expert in everything because you are the expert in your business. You're doing your business because you're passionate about whatever it is you do, whether you're a restaurant and you love cooking or you're um, a service industry who loves uh, doing hair, for example, or, or maybe you just love building that building down the road and being a part of that. Whatever that is, that is your passion. My passion is relationships and bringing people together that need to support one another. That has always been my absolute favorite part of being in the business community. And that's really kind of what leads me into all of my volunteer work because if your community is not thriving and business
0: isn't thriving here, then what's the point,
1: right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's talk about that. So you're the entrepreneur. I want to talk about both bases. So as the entrepreneur and you're getting your, um, as I like to say, your board of directors are your dream team, and it doesn't have to be somebody that is just on your payroll per se. Like if you're a small business, you're not going to have an in-house attorney. Okay. But right. what are some of those uh, Atlanta, And I do want the listeners to really understand that, no matter what business that you're in, there are certain professionals that you need to have. So let's talk about the business attorney. What And some of our listeners are just starting their businesses for the first time. So with your advice and counsel, because you've worked with startups, talk to our listeners a little bit about what are the things that you should look for in an attorney and what are some of those key questions that you need to get answered for your business?
1: First and foremost um, is the structure of your business, whether or not you're going to form a sole proprietorship, an LLC, an S-corp, or a full C Corp and understanding what the implications are, both from a tax basis as well as a legal liability basis. So I would say that's where your not only your attorney can help you, but your CPA or your accountant can help you guide through those different choices. Um, Nothing's ever uh, permanent. You can always change a structure. So if you start out as a sole proprietor and as your business is growing, you may find that you need to move into an LLC or an S-corp type of structure. So I would say that's probably step one. Step two, know what your budget is for legal counsel. So if you don't have a big budget for something like that, get engaged with there's so many other resources out there that are online that can give you some guidance. Um, one of the examples are Legal Shield. There's plenty of reps out there that um, can start the basis of those communications and connections, as well as some of your smaller mom and pop attorneys that just have a small uh, one or two person shop. They're going to tend to be less um, on an hourly basis versus your you know, top of the line, well-known firm that's full of 12 partners and 50 employees. So there's a difference there. But I would definitely say you need to get to know somebody because when you get into a point where you have trouble, the last thing you want to do is establish the relationship then. There's too much history that needs to be brought up to speed at a time when you might be
0: in crisis mode. Yeah, abs- and I, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that's also in terms of the resources, we've got a lot of, re- it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of resources within Tucson for helping a business to either start or to uh, scale both. But it's it's interesting to me through the Small Business Administration, there's all of these free resources that are available. But interestingly, the Small Business Administration itself, although you can go and you can talk to them and I can put some links in there for people to, the, to do this, but it, the Small Business Administration and the Microbusiness Advancement Center and some of those other key components, they didn't... Give them a budget for marketing. So there's some free resources that are available um, that we'll just talk about as far as the basics of properly starting a business. Um, the other thing that I think is um, is critical, and because definitely with the Tucson Chamber and other networking organizations, I think sometimes people, especially if they're solopreneurs. They somehow think that they have to wear all the hats and they've got to do it all themselves. And one of the biggest pieces that stops people, I find, is that they just don't ask. They just don't ask. I mean, some of our biggest business owners within Tucson, if you were to simply ask, I need some advice and counsel on this. Could I buy you lunch? And would you mentor me? for, uh, you know, can I pick your brain for an hour? This is what I'm looking to do. Uh, They are honored and happy to do that because nobody, nobody, I don't care if you are at the top of the top of the top of the business echelon, nobody makes it alone. There's, you need that teamwork and um, people are always, and I know Christy, you're one of them. You would be honored to sit with somebody to say, you know, let's talk a a little bit about where you want to go and who can we connect you with? So that piece is good. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other part, as far as the community, as far as a a thriving community, what are you seeing right now? As far as um, I find that Tucson as a whole is, uh, and we were joking with it, with our producer, Mark Bishop, a few minutes ago, is that instead of the six degrees of separation, Tucson has two. So um, tell me a little bit about as far as with the relationships and things like that.
1: Um, You know, I'm in a new world right now at the chamber, and I'm seeing things differently than I viewed it as a lender, where I looked at it from a financial impact and the way that banks look at things as a risk model that we look at. You know, banks typically look at different industries as a risk More so than another industry, just based on the nature of the way that they do their business and the timing of their cash flow and the way that their assets are on the books and, you know, whether they have fixed assets or um, no assets, that's especially um, indicative of a service type business. But I would say in general, I see, I think this pandemic in some ways has been good for all of us. Whether it's your family, I think families have got the abilities to spend a lot more time together than ever before with parents working from home and kids doing education from home, although it certainly has had its challenges. And I'm certain there's going to be some impacts that we're going to have to deal with down the road as a result of that. But I think also businesses have really come together and supported one another more so than they ever have. So, for example, the Tucson Chamber um, has done a huge project called Keep Tucson Cooking. Tucson oh, I just is, love it. yeah. Yeah, Tucson is a culinary destination. We were the first American city to be considered a city of gastronomy. That's a huge catalyst for tourism
0: in our own community right here. And that was through UNESCO, correct? Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, and pre-COVID...
1: The restaurant industry was the third largest employer in the country.
0: So oh you think gosh.
1: about the impact that COVID had on the restaurant community and what would happen if all of those restaurants had failed would have just been the biggest disaster that I think any of us could even imagine. That's not a job you can do working from home on a Zoom.
0: Yeah, That's correct.
1: So the Tucson Chamber has had a really great partnership with um, a lot of the other restaurants in Tucson. Ray Flores of El Charo Restaurants has spearheaded a committee known as Tucson Restaurant Advisory Council. And so with the collaborative effort of all of the restaurants supporting one another, it has been huge to basically keep Tucson cooking and support all those efforts, Um, workforce development. What are some
0: some of the things that as individuals that we can do? So um, as far as with the Keep Tucson Cooking, is that some of the information is on the website. Um, How can people get involved with that? Because that's really cool. Yeah,
1: there is information on the website. Um, There's an actual whole dedicated area about Keep Tucson Cooking. There's even some podcasts similar to the one that you and I are doing right now that you can kind of get some information. Um, And I think just... Anytime you can, whether you're ordering out takeout or you're going to the actual restaurant itself, I think the restaurants have done a great job at coming up with the protocols necessary to keep things safe for everybody to resume going back to in-restaurant dining. There's a lot of great outdoor patios in Tucson. We're fortunate to have the weather that allows that. And so I would say just to continue supporting the restaurants any way you can.
0: Well, and one of the things that I thought has been fun is is definitely um, also even just gift certificates. That's another thing that's been helpful to, uh, because sometimes, well, I, I can look at some of my own personal friends that, you know, some things had happened with them and they were a little bit tight. And although you know it certainly would not be good for my waistline to go out to eat every night <laughs> or something like that it's it's actually a really nice thing to pay it forward by giving a friend a gift certificate to uh to a restaurant and and especially our our you know we want all restaurants but i have a particular affinity for our local restaurants that you know right. people that just uh you know they they've worn their passion on their sleeves and roll their sleeves up and that's what they do. Uh, is, right. It's pretty awesome. Right. So.
1: Absolutely. Right. And and we've had a lot of good partners with some of our investor level members who have done something very similar to that, where they've invested into, you know, a, a substantial amount of money into purchasing gift cards. Which that I are think, then, yeah. yeah, then they can use them to distribute how they see fit. But
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's huge. And that's something that can definitely, I mean, really, really definitely has happened. So, well, going back as far as, so we've got as far as the restaurants and some of the things and I've actually seen some of the restaurants doing some very innovative things with um, uh, virtual cooking shows, um, doing some fun things like that, just to really expand what people are doing from a culinary aspect, if you will and so that's them virtual uh, as a loan officer myself i'm completely virtual um as far as i mean yes we've got the office is open i'm back in my office here um but if people are coming in we're doing temperature checks and masks and things like that but the reality is is that most people can they actually prefer to just upload their documents and to do things and yes we'll do our consultations via zoom um but it's 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 seems to be helping the borrowers also to not have to drive just you know that's a thing that even when everything is fully open i don't necessarily see that changing um i don't think we're going to go back to just 100 percent face-to-face meetings i don't think that's going to happen i think people are comfortable in this virtual world so in terms of the chamber what are you guys doing um, as far as the virtual world
1: So um, this past year, 2020, you know, State of the City, State of the State, those kinds of huge events, Copper Cactus Awards, those were all done virtually and and they were done very well and we had huge success. Um, I can basically speak to State of the State, just given my tenure here, my short time here, I was heavily involved with that event and it came off extremely well
0: well tell our listeners so a lot of our listeners aren't aren't familiar with state of the state i am but tell our listeners what it is and what we do
1: oh state of the state is where um, governor ducey or whoever the governor is i mean this is an event that has gone on for many decades but the governor basically gives his address of kind of where arizona's been and where we're going and what we've accomplished typically in an in-person world previous to covid That was probably filled with about 1,200 attendees um, everywhere from the chief of police to the mayor to anybody you can think of, business owners, attorneys, uh, colleges, schools, uh, pretty much anybody that was anyone that wanted to rub elbows with somebody and needed to hear what our successes were as a state was in that room. This year we did it virtually, it was done very well. Governor Ducey and Amber Smith, our president and CEO, did a fireside chat so they had you know, kind of a Q&A together on questions that were brought up ahead of time from some of our investor level um, members and they were very well addressed. Just the whole uh, demeanor and the way that the program ran was very seamless and tastefully done. Uh, It went, I think the total amount of time was 40 minutes. So now, you know, as the person attending, you're not in the traffic, getting there, finding parking, finding out where you're going, mingling, sitting through an hour and a half lunch, now getting back in your car, driving back to your office. In 40 minutes, you've got the gist of what was going on. That being said, I can tell you that our membership truly values that in-person rubbing of the elbow connection and they missed that and we're hoping to get back to that so our next big event will be the copper cactus awards which is october 1st and it will be an in-person event oh that's exciting where where is it going to be held um it's at we're still working out those details, oh, the details. so okay. yeah, Good. yeah but, but that's- um, yeah so i think we're moving towards an in-person we recently did a survey And it was very interesting. 50% of those that participated in the survey said, yes, we are ready to be back in an in-person environment. 20% said, no, thank you, I prefer to stay virtual. And 30% said, I prefer a hybrid. So that is kind of been the barometer that we're going to use moving forward. We will start to have in-person mixers. Pretty much everything that we are going to be doing will be in person at this point going forward. Of course, assuming nothing else, you know, comes along and and changes there. But we will continue to also have virtual meetings. So to your point, Karen, there's still some of those meetings. We have one that just is probably ending right now, um, our interface with Katie Hobbs. So... Um, that would have been an, a Zoom type presentation. And I think those kinds of things will continue to be. It's a way to get some of your um, harder to reach public officials when they have such a tight calendar, they can squeeze in a Zoom meeting much easier than driving down to Tucson and coming to you know, a, a room of 25 or 30 people to present to. So with you, I think there will be benefits to a virtual world going forward. I think it makes business efficient, but I also think there is a place for in-person events and that connections and to develop those
0: relationships. That handshake goes a long ways. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I was talking to a friend of mine, actually a mutual friend, Lauren Smith-Clase. Yes. Um, and um, we were talking about how we miss the in-person event because the 2D just isn't the same. You've missed some of the little nuances and there's, although technology has certainly like light years improved, right? right? There's still a slight delay. There's still sometimes technical or audio or, different problems that can occur. So um, it it can be really, really interesting. But that's cool that I, and I'm, what I'm saying, even with, I'm involved with two really major networking groups. One is BNI, uh, specifically my chapter is the Copper Connections chapter, but um, BNI is an international organization. And imagine, I mean, within a, when the world shut down, within a two week timeframe, they literally moved, over eight thousand members, no, eight thousand chapters. It's not even members. Good God, chapters worldwide, online. It was, yeah. it was a, it was a feat, something else. And then even. Mm-hmm. Um, And then E-Women Network, which uh, I know that you know that I've been involved with E-Women Network for a number of years, over a decade now. E-Women Network also went virtual, but they're doing some things. They're starting to do some things in person, very, very small group. They do an event, uh, two events per month. One is an accelerated networking event. And that is virtual right now because there's, and there's guests that are coming from all over the world. We've had people from Australia, from England, from Canada, from, you know, just all over the world joining the, um, the accelerated networking online events. And then the other event that they do is called a strategic business introduction. And that is a very, very small mastermind. And they just started their um, in-person events, but that is, you know, there's never more, I mean, it's, there's between six, the very, very max that would ever be in that room is 12. And it's quite spread out and things like that. So it's interesting that we're going to start, I think we're going to see, it's not a and or, either or, I should say, I think it's a and, like, we do in-person events and virtual events, and I think that's going to be going forward for business for a long, long time. So, well, I would agree. Yeah. So specifically, um, and then I just want to let you know we are at the uh, we are at the top of the half hour, if you will. Um, I just want to remind our listeners that you are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise broadcasting remotely. We are on the uh, on, on uh, Business Radio X Tucson. And I just want to let you know that I am Karen Fisher with Summit Funding and I have my special guest and dear friend Christy Lee from the Tucson Metro Chamber on the line at the same time. So let's talk about some other fun things, talking more about the chamber. So I want to let listeners know I have a very special affinity for the chamber. Part of it is my mother, God rest her soul, on Monday, 17 years ago that she passed away. Um, She had been the membership director for the Carlsbad California Chamber of Commerce and then she had technically retired so then she was working for the Vista Oceanside and Carlsbad Chambers of Commerce all three of them and um, so I watched what she was able to do and how I mean it was like literally we'd be in Carlsbad California walking down by the beach or the restaurants and stuff like that and it's like hi Jan hi Jan hi Jan you know with everything so um, I know some of the things that the chamber can do but Uh, please share with our listeners some of the things that the chambers can do, because sometimes people think the Chamber of Commerce is only for big business. Other people think it's only for small, and they don't realize it's for all of the above. So talk about some of the other fun things they do.
1: It it really is. Um, First, it was founded here in Tucson in 1896, and it represents way. over 1,500 businesses who employ over $160,000. I'm sorry, 160000 employees in the Tucson and Pima County area. We have a diverse group of our board of directors that not only support our missions, but they are um, very much a representation of what our mission is all about. And so I would say one of our biggest tasks that we are very involved with is the whole workforce development and talent attraction. That is one of the biggest issues when a large corporation is considering a move to Tucson, or maybe they're considering Salt Lake City, or maybe they're considering um, another small city size similar to Tucson. One of the things that they want to know is, is there going to be people there to hire? and that's always been a challenge on many different levels and we could sit there and debate about a lot of different reasons as to why, but the bottom line is it is an issue. We have an incredible university system here with all three of the major universities with our community colleges and now a great JTED program with our high schools that are kind of gearing kids towards that level of education. But what we need to do is retain those students here. And that's been a big challenge. So you can see that there's been a lot of revitalization down in the downtown area and the way that students are living. And that's probably one of the biggest changes that are happening on the real estate side. On the chamber side are partnerships with all the various education groups that we've mentioned and partnering those with. Um, the members that are associated. So for example, Amber Smith got a call one day from a guy who was moving here to Tucson. He is a rocket scientist. I mean, that doesn't just fall from the sky. Literally. He said, I'm a rocket scientist and I need to know kind of a guide on where I should be looking for a job. So she hooked him up with Raytheon and it was a great fit. And, the hire happened and it couldn't have been a better opportunity and a win-win for both. I mean, what are the chances of a rocket scientist coming into Tucson and saying, hi, I need a job?
0: It's huge.
1: That's- it was very big. And so those connections are a big part of what we do every day. Um, our core fundamentals are basically community first, building and maintaining an ecosystem. Um, and, and we've been doing that since the last 125 years, being innovative. I mean, you've got to evolve your programs. This is a perfect example. When you look at a pandemic time, we had to learn how to quickly toggle between when it's time to cut it off and be a virtual event versus, okay, now it's time to gear up and be an in-person event, but also recognize that at any given moment, we might have to toggle back to virtual within a few weeks notice.
0: Yes. So, and then that, that toggling is definitely a great, that's really what it is. That's, right. You know, right. Absolutely. And being mm-hmm. that
1: visionary, making Tucson the destination for businesses, right? That's our ultimate gr- goal to grow our community and keep it thriving.
0: Well, and one of the things that's happened, it's been very, very interesting to me over the past year plus with the pandemic is the number of people that I have had that have relocated to Tucson they have not switched their jobs but their jobs are now remote and i i think about one of my clients that i mean she um she still is earning what is her san francisco salary uh, which on that san francisco salary she was basically living in an 800 square foot rental and now she's here in Tucson, and owns a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house for right. less than what she was paying for rent for an eight hundred square foot property. And I, I, and it's not just from San Francisco; it's coming from all other areas from people that don't want to deal with the snow. I mean, the, you know, the whole thing as far as the Arizona with the five Cs, and one of those Cs being climate, is it's definitely a a draw. And so there are people that I have found, I mean, I'm just looking at just, and I'm just a little snippet, right? Just a little snippet with the borrowers that I happen to have worked with, but I cannot tell you how many people that had gone to school here or had been in the military here And they moved away for a job situation. And now they're able to still work at their same job, but they have chosen to come back to Tucson, which I think is huge. Um, And I, I, yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it takes that visionary mind to be able to reach out to all different ways to bring um, our community into a full circle. You know, being influential, I can't speak high enough about Amber Smith and our Vice President Michael Guyman, who have been so instrumental in our lobbying efforts and public policy and getting businesses close to those public officials to help make a difference in business models across the board. Whatever the issue is, whether it's a tax base or I can't get the permit through the process to get my building built, If you're having those kinds of issues being with the chamber, it's one phone call and with those connections and those relationships that Amber and Michael have with our public officials, um, things are getting done and that has been kind of fun to sit back and watch progress Mm -hmm. happen just because of a relationship.
0: But I think it's really important um, to see how many people are doing some very, very fun and collaborative efforts that you've alluded to. Um, so what are some of the challenges that you guys have um, overcome? Like, give me an example of some of the things that you've overcome as, as I think, being part of the chamber. I think our biggest
1: challenge has been not able to have the in-person events because our uh, the majority of our membership is your basic membership member that wants nothing but those connections they want to go to the mixers or the coffee chat they want the they want me to set up the lunch to get karen to for you to get to know a realtor for example Mm -hmm. they want those in-person connections and we've not been able to handle that we've been able to do them by zoom and i think initially zoom was our best friend in the whole wide world but now our challenge is that people are zoomed out. Yeah. And Um, that that's probably been our biggest challenge, taking the chance and, and hosting a mixer or starting the process to plan a huge event as an in-person event. That's a huge chance that we're taking. And we really just need our membership base to stay with us and stay members We've had a great program with our investor level members. They have, we've started a program called Business Supporting Business, where um, the investor level is donating funds into a fund that allows us to help the small mom and pop or the startup company afford their memberships. So that's awesome. um, Yeah, so it's a a great retention um, way to keep people engaged, especially for those that have been supportive and engaged in the past, but now they're suffering some hardships like the restaurant community. Uh, We're able to kind of help keep them in as a member so they can continue to be in the directory, be in the circle of influence and be part of the collaborative efforts that the chamber is so proud to be the catalyst of
0: well and i th- um you know as you're touching basis on that and i think um you know and and sometimes people minimize the fact that the chambers can get involved a little bit in the local government not to say that they're partisan in any way shape or form but just to open up those lines of communication, because no matter what's going on, if you own a business, you are in, well, whether you own a business or not, you're affected by, you know, government regulations as far as whatever those are. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, and I think that the other thing, I can't stress this enough, is that part of what the chamber provides is networking. You know, it's, it's true, networking, which is, it's interesting. Sometimes people will minimize that, but there's actually some skills and some tips that um, as far as for networkers, like one of the things that I talk to people about a lot, if they're, let's say I'm mentoring a new entrepreneur or somebody who's gonna be a new realtor or a new loan officer. I talk to them about get involved in some networking groups, get involved when you show up think in terms of how can I help you versus what am I going to get? That's right. Um, and that is the philosophy. Of, I mean, BNI says giver's gain. Um, uh, E-Women Network says, you know, lift as we climb. And the Chamber of Commerce is there to support you with both. And And people will ask me sometimes, you know, well, which one should I, which one should I join as if one eliminates the other. I know for a fact, BNI is part of the Tucson chamber. You know, it's like, people are like, well, wait a second. Why is that the case? No. And um, I also have found with the chamber members that um, there's one thing that you guys do are, and I think you still have it now um, are the, the passports. Is that right? For some of the destinations.
1: I'm not or, familiar or with that. that.
0: Maybe that was that you guys could buy it there, but there was like a two for one discount as far as yeah. So lot we of have attractions, a,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a host of things. Um, there is that type of passport through visit Tucson. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, but um, what the chamber does do are a number of things. So, for example, if you, Karen, as a loan officer, wanted to do a promotion and you wanted to say give a hundred dollars off. Your fees for the month of June, for example, mm-hmm. you could post that on our website as a deal of the day kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, for the month of June, I'm offering a hundred dollar discount off your fees. Um, we also have what we call an, um, an affinity program where we have members that come on and in part trade for their membership, they offer discounts to our members. So, for example, Gibson's Office Supply. If you go online, you'll see you can get an actual discount if you're a member of the chamber through Gibson's. So, if you order your office supplies, I think it's a fifteen percent discount. Um, there's a discount program for the University, uh, GCU, oh,
0: okay. uh, Green Grand Canyon, Canyon. University, okay. is mm-hmm. now
1: offering a ten percent discount for all of our members. So, if you have somebody within your organization that you want to support their tuition, what a better way to have that savings pass through than to go through an, a, an accredited college that's offering a pretty significant discount on tuition.
0: That's, I mean, that's pretty awesome. I mean, you right. think, and I, I think sometimes people don't realize, and this is what you're talking about, that, that they don't realize all of the things that the chamber can do because they'll have right. a certain idea. So let's, let's talk about, um, I would love to see, you know, it's just this kind of an interesting question. It's something that you had proposed. You know, just in terms of a conversation. Gosh, what would a city look like if they didn't have a chamber? It, to me, it's it's odd to think about that. That is my
1: that's my statement. When somebody says, I, "I it's not in my budget this year," we need to pull away from our membership. And if everybody had that mindset. Where would, where would Tucson be today? Certainly the Tucson Chamber is not the be-all, end-all, and they're certainly not the only ones that can take credit for the business community as it is today. There are many other organizations that certainly have had a huge help in where we are today, um, but the Tucson Chamber and other chambers are probably the oldest that known organizations and i want to read something from i have an old 1962 tucson directory oh and it was interesting because when i opened up the inside cover the tucson chamber is the advertisement on the front cover of this directory but it says in here the same may be said of tucson's promotional agencies The Tucson Chamber of Commerce is a direct supporter, along with the City of Tucson and Pima uh, County of the Tucson Industrial Development Board. This is an organization specializing in the job of bringing new industries to Tucson and
0: looking after the welfare of those that are already here.
1: That's what we've been doing all along.
0: The whole time. Well, and and I think, you know, some of our listeners, like right now, I just quickly jumped over as far as the site because you've talked about this, but I think it's really, really big is the employer employee relationships that you're doing in addition, you know, as far as that. And um, I think that the, the, it's, there's a site called Mm c19az.com that is, um, it's got the open position. So if people are like, let's say your job, let's say you were uh, somebody who was in the hospitality or the restaurant industry, check that out. And let's, uh, let's see, because I mean, there are a lot of employers that are hiring. They would love to have a great employee and sometimes just matching those two together. Mm -hmm. I know that, um, you know, back to what we're talking about, about Tucson being two degrees of separation without question, those personal introductions, and things like that that's always the best way to find a great job um because i um i i saw something there is a, a gentleman who has written a book james clear is his name and he's written a book called atomic habits and he does this little newsletter that comes out every thursday if you don't subscribe to it yet you should all of my listeners should but he talked about this morning that uh and i thought you know what he's right the very best properties are not listed for sale. The very best jobs are not advertised. You're not you're not going to find that on a job no. website and things like that. But the importance of asking those questions of asking, you know, who do you know uh, for employers? I talk to a lot of employers. They they I know of several employers that are hiring. They don't want to just put an ad out there because they don't want to be flooded with the task of sorting people that it's not a great fit. But That's right. great employers are always hiring. They're always doing something, which is really, really cool. Um, so, uh, you know, I love that, you know, last year and spilling over to this year was a, just a seismic shift in everything. And I know a lot of people um, have struggled. I, you know, I will be honest with you that I was one, and I'm telling my listeners this, I was one of those people that I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. What I was really saying is that I'm grateful that the devastation in my family is not as great as some of the things that i see that's happened to you because i've had friends whose parents have passed away i've had people that have been in you know hospitalized from covid for a long long period of time and things like that but what was interesting to me and i didn't really recognize it until about a month ago somebody um, uh, brought it up they said you know what you still were affected you were affected because what happened for me my business I mean, the wheels fell off the bus. There's so much volume and you can't just, you know, you can't just all of a sudden say, poof, you're an underwriter or you're a loan officer, you're a processor. It takes years of work. And if you're an underwriter, it takes certifications and years of work to be able to even be, be an underwriter, right? Right. And, and if you talk about the restaurant industry, imagine, you know, the, the busiest that you could possibly be in the restaurant industry and multiply that by 15 because we had 15 times the volume and it's still going on. It's still crazy. Like we're doing better as far as, you know, trying to do that, but it was heaped with the volume. Right. And then, Oh, by the way, let's add more regulations on top of it because of the, the challenges of documenting income. So more work, more volume. Oh, and then you'll love this, Christy. In the middle of it, they threw in the new uh, residential loan application. Totally for every lender throughout the entire United States, if you're purchasing a one to four unit, they have completely changed the loan application. It's no longer four pages yeah you would be like you'd be looking at this and so that okay learning curve. so it's a no-brainer yeah. why I left lending Karen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you you know um but at the same time so so you know, I want to uh, we're we're just about wrapping up, but I just want to let people know you've got tremendous amounts of resources. Tell me, um, you know, how do they connect with you? I know we will have some information on the site, but what's the best way if somebody says I want to get involved or I want to find out more about membership? What's the best way?
1: Um, you can go on our website. Our information is out there. You can find me under the staff. Um, you can reach out to me via email is probably the best way to get a hold of me for right now because we are still kind of in a hybrid of working from home and working in the office. So I'm at the office a couple days a week. I'm at my home office the rest of the time. We are starting to open up the office to visitors. Um, there will be of course a lot of limitations and some rules with wearing a mask and doing all the protocols that we need to do to keep everybody safe but um, I would just say get online and you'll find me there Um, you can email me at clee at tucsonchamber.org if you don't find me on the website I think that I would love to be your connector with all of my diverse background and what I've done that was the primary reason that the chamber hired me. I think my interview with Amber was all of two minutes. She said, but you're <laughs> my lender. What am I going to do? <laughs> and um, oh, that's
0: hysterical. I I, didn't said, know well, that. I
1: guess you're going to have to find another banker. But um, yeah, so it was a perfect fit. My passion for the community and getting involved um, on all kinds of levels somehow always aligned me in event planning. So being the event planner to provide the benefits to the member, those chamber mixers that you go to, those big events that you go to, along with the connections and the relationships, it was a no-brainer for me to take this position.
0: Uh, well, I, we, I'm beyond thrilled for you. And it is just you know, it's just one more step, you know, as far as the connection. I mean, we've had the opportunity to work together at different companies, but we also worked together at Nova Home Loans way, way back when. Yeah. Um, And so uh, just in, in closing, there's, I've got a couple of fun other little fun questions. So, uh, and this is just maybe to just let some of our listeners know. Um, so what is one thing, just think about this. I'm just rapid fire questions out of the blue. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your professional career?
1: You know, that's a hard one because when I began my professional career, I don't think I realized it was my professional career at the time. I think I found a gift. Um, Karen, you know, I've been challenged with personal circumstances. I have a son who is very medically fragile and So what I thought I was going to start out to be an elementary school teacher that came to a screeching halt because I felt fighting for his rights and being and And please
0: share a little bit specifically about Brian, because I've had the honor of meeting and knowing him for years now. Oh, my
1: gosh. Brian's a
0: whole nother subject. But (laughs) Yes.
1: um, yes, but just, you know, to finish up my thought, to be able to be his advocate and teach for the district that I was having to constantly fight to get his rights met I thought was a huge conflict of interest so teaching was not on my cards I chose to be Brian's advocate instead of following my dream of being a teacher but taking that skill set is probably what has made me so successful today is I've been an educator all along the way in everything that I do and when people understand what you're trying to
0: do for them, they're more trusting and trust equals relationships, right? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I just, I think you couldn't have said it better. Um, and I just, you know, as far as the, the resources that are there, I just want our listeners to know, um, Christy is one of, um, you know, she's one of our magical resources for all of Tucson. And she, you know, can, did you, you, the thing that I know about you, not only as far as that heart of the teacher, but you've got that gift of being able to look at numbers and to really help people and to do some things. And I know that one of your, um, you've shared with me several times over the years, one of your greatest joys is, is um, helping people that were maybe on the verge of, you know, perhaps even financial ruin to, get everything fixed and then continue to thrive. I think that that's just huge. So I will
1: close with, I learned a very great statement that I have lived by in business that I learned actually from you. Oh, okay. And you said to your customers long ago, and I'm guessing you still do it. Whenever you have to decline a loan, your words were, it's never a no, it's just a not right now. But let me tell you how we're going to get you there. And that mindset. I, I do say that. Yes. Yeah. That mindset carried
0: forward with everything that I do. Oh well, thank you very much. Well. Listeners, um, this has been Christy. We're we're. This is an hour. You and I could sit and talk for four or five hours. At you know, with the blink of an eye, right? as far as that. But I just want to thank everyone. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. They, we are incredibly lucky to have you. I hope the membership just absolutely explodes, which I think it should and it would. Um, and I just want to just thank all of our listeners and thank you once again in closing. I am Karen Fisher, Senior Loan Officer with Summit Funding, and you have been listening to this month's episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise.